Welcome to Blue Line, the podcast hosted by Blue Line, Canada's only independent national magazine for law enforcement. You've tuned in to hear compelling conversations on hot topics and trends with law enforcement professionals and personalities from across Canada. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Blue Line, the podcast. I'm Renee Francoeur, the editor of Blue Line magazine. Thanks for tuning in. This summer, Blue Line, the podcast, is seeking to celebrate women in law enforcement, and we're profiling passionate officers who strive every day to make a difference. It's an endeavor near and dear to us, and we hope you'll enjoy it. Share it, and let us know some feedback. Today, we're speaking with Constable Amy Boudreau. Amy has spent the last eight years as a police officer with a specialty in crime prevention. She is currently enrolled in a leadership certificate program at the University of Waterloo and is an active executive board member for the International Society of Crime Prevention Practitioners. She also holds an International Crime Prevention Specialist designation, is on the community engagement team for the Canadian Society of Evidence-Based Policing, is a crime prevention through environmental design level one instructor and serves as a mental health ambassador. She has a passion for wellness, generating motivation, mentoring, all things evidence-based, and is just a deep, deep pool of information and insight. Today, she's going to be sharing more about breaking the officer mold and her own personal journey. Uh, just a little side note, I met Amy at the end of my first Blue Line Expo, and it had been a long day. Amy came up to me, introduced herself, and she started telling me about how she was finding the sessions, uh, ideas she had, and it was like an instant shot of energy. It was just so refueling. Um, so I am ecstatic that she is joining us here today. Amy, welcome. Thank you for joining us in the studio. Thank you, Renee, for having me here. I'm super excited to be here and uh, just really grateful that I can share some positive uh, energy that you spoke about <laughs> from when we first met uh, on the podcast here today. I'm pumped. We're thrilled to have you. So let's, let's start right off uh, with the beginning of your story. Tell me, how did you find your way into law enforcement? So it's something I thought about when I was younger. Um, I've always had a mindset where I, I enjoyed taking on challenges. And I think at a young age, you know, it was a... And it still is today, but back then uh, was a male-dominated profession. And you know, in my mind, I used to think, oh, that's something that I could probably do. And uh, so, you know, I wasn't 100% when I was um, going through grade school and high school. Um, I was really into biology and my sciences was my favorite subject. Nice. And I was thinking to pursue that, um, but I didn't really like math. <laughs> so, you and me both. Yeah, yeah so. so I remember going into university, I was going to major in biology, but uh, you needed calculus. And I was like, oh, I don't know if I want to do math. So I actually switched my uh, major completely into sociology and criminology and uh, did a minor in psychology. And so over that period of time in university, it really solidified with me that this is something that I could actually enjoy. It would really suit my personality. Um, you know, for me growing up, I had a lot of different adversity and challenges. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I saw this as an opportunity for me to um, overcome any type of circumstances that I was born into because I was more than that. And I felt like policing uh, would suit me for those reasons as well. It wasn't a nine to five job. Um, it's very empowering. You have the ability to leave a lasting positive impact on the people that you meet each day. Um, so for those reasons, I could really see myself as a leader in that type of role. So that's what I did. I pursued policing. 
Beautiful, and, and you, you mentioned you know your own experiences uh, overcoming adversity. So how has that specifically, I guess, uh, helped you with the struggles of others? I mean, understanding societal problems mm -hmm. has probably given you uh, a, a leg up, a deeper understanding. It has uh, definitely given me a unique perspective on social problems mm -hmm. and how to deal with them, not only from my own personal experiences, um, but also through policing. So my personal experiences, so I, I don't know my father. Um, my parents divorced when I was a baby at a really young age. And you know, some people might think, well, you know, what is that, how is that so special? Or, you know, or why does that matter? You know, um, you know, we just didn't have, I didn't have the same support system that maybe some other people did. Um, my mom struggled financially, so we were on government assistance. Uh, we lived, you know, I guess in poverty. And so for me, it was that much harder for me to try to uh, make ends meet and just push myself above that, you know, the circumstances that I was born into to, to really rise above that. So um, the one thing that I was able to do was focus on what I had control over. So at that time, I had control over my education and how I did in school. I had control over my attitude. I had control of just being the best version of myself, just doing the best, putting myself out there and just trying everything um, to build myself up because I did, I might, maybe I didn't have the same you know, um, opportunities of, as other people, but by creating the opportunities for myself, by putting myself out there and just trying everything, uh, that kind of opened the doors to um, leading the path to success in getting into policing. So, you know, once I did get into policing as well, it's the same mindset that I bring to my job every day when I'm understanding the challenges that other people might go through. And, you know, that's given me a lot of life experience um, to be able to relate to people. And I think you need that human component when you're trying to make connections with people. Um, you know, that, that's really what it's all about. It's that level of humanity. It's really trying to come from a place where they're coming from and being understanding. It's not always about, yes, I'm a, you know, we enforce the law and there's you know, investigations that have to be done, but there's a community aspect as well, which is that, that engagement and that understanding and just being there for people, being that support that people need. Beautiful, the, the human face of yeah. policing. And I love that push and I love having conversations like that because that comes across and that policing is not one dimensional, right? Uh, there's real people wearing uh, the uniform and mm -hmm. the badge. So beautifully, beautifully said. Um, uh, challenges to becoming a police officer. Were there, were there any surprises uh, that uh, you wanna note? So <laughs> one thing for sure is how competitive it is. Mm. And I know that, you know, especially for the people who A, went through uh, the policing challenge or of getting hired in the first place. Mm -hmm. uh, and then those people who are still trying to get hired or in the process right now, you know, we all know how competitive it is. You're going up against hundreds of people. And I guess what kind of I, the aha moment for me was um, when I was going through to do my physical for uh, the ATS testing. I remember I was in, so one city, this is one gym, you know, on one weekend, and here I had a, a gym full of, you know, it looked at at least 60 people, you know, times that by however many other dates that they had for these tests going on, right? So in my mind at that time, I was thinking, well, what is gonna set me aside from all these other candidates, all these other people? What do I have that they don't? So I really wanted to play on my talents and I really wanted to boost um, my resume. So mm -hmm. anything extra that I could do, 
uh, whether it's a you know a miniature course or a, a certification, uh, you know, whether my boating license, scuba diving, lifeguarding, whatever it was that could set me apart from from the rest in showing that you know I'm continuing my education, uh, I'm involved in the community. You know, for me, it's policing the lifestyle. What you do, community service is a lifestyle. I've been doing. You know, I've been giving back to the community and just being a part. It's been a part of my life for so long. I've been doing it for 25 years. Wow. I know you must think, like, how old were you when you started? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was, like, grade four. <laughs> it's been nonstop. But it's a, that's what it is. Policing is a lifestyle. And what I found in policing, too, is not just after you get hired. Okay, so it's competitive. You, get, you finally get, you know, selected. Guess what? It's still competitive. It's continuous self-development, continuous drive, continuous um, improvement, and it's competitive throughout your whole career. Mm -hmm. You have to stay competitive, you have to stay up on your game, you have to be uh, educating yourself and keeping up on that if you want to keep moving forward, and if you want to make sure that you're providing the best service that you can to the people um, that you're, you know, in your community. Lifelong learning. Yeah. Yep, yep. Another uh, huge benefit to, to the career as well, right? Another thing that I am... Um, you know, I noticed too, once I got hired, and you know what, people talk to you about it all the time before you get hired. They talk about shift work and the challenges mm. of <laughs> shift work, Good right? Point. Yep. And uh, you're like, okay, yeah, yeah, I get it, I get it, I know it's going to be tough. But if you haven't experienced it, you don't know how tough it can get, especially, you know, four years, five years, six years of continuously doing that. And then, all, you know, also it can be stressful at times. Um, so you really need to be self-aware. You have to have self-care practices um, to make sure that you are able to manage that type of work as well. And it's doable. You just have to make sure that you have those practices in place and that and that skill set. You know, you're not you're not either born with resiliency or not. Mm -hmm. There's skill sets that can be developed. So if you're working on that type of stuff, if you have you know healthy eating practices, you're working out and you know, a misconception that I used to have before I got hired was, okay, being healthy or being, you know, wellness is, well, I eat well and I work out, so I'm healthy, right? Well, there's a missing component, which is right. that the mindset. It's that mental aspect of it. You need total body, like you, we, we just mentioned, that full dimension mm -hmm. in order for you to be able to be your best self. And when you're dealing with people every day, and, you know, how do you want to show up in the world? How do you want to be for somebody else and if you're not taking care of, taking care of yourself properly then how can you be there for other people that need you in the community right so 100 percent and I, and I love how you you said you know it's evolving right what works maybe for sh as a shift work uh, challenge and an anecdote to that when you're in your early 20s that's going to change mm -hmm. when you're in your your 30s and, and i've been talking to to some people about uh you know emotional eating and uh, other things that are connected to to shift work, so it's a huge thing to overcome, but not impossible. No, it's not impossible. And it's customizable too. Absolutely, mm -hmm. and I think if you come into policing with that awareness and that knowledge, uh, and you already have self care practices, you're working out, you're eating right, mm -hmm. you're practicing other uh, types of mental um, stress release, um, you're fine in this career long term. But you just have to make sure that you're able to recognize when it's time for you to shift into other units. Um, you know, which is beneficial. This job has so much to offer. So yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, many branches to the tree. So let's switch gears a little bit. Let's talk about uh, your most memorable moment on the job. So I have many. Of course, <laughs> I've been on for eight years. I was trying to, you know, think. Well, 
What, you know, what could be the most memorable? And I, I do have a lot, but one that really sticks out in my mind is um, I was dispatched to a call uh, for a fight. Okay. And I, at the time, um, I ended up having to arrest uh, a young person who was 16 years old for an offensive weapons charge. And, you know, as he was sitting in the back seat of my car, and he was very polite, but I was asking him, you know, why are, what, why are you in this mess? You know, what, what are you doing? Why are you doing this? You know, and um, we have to look up, you know, the people that were um, arresting. So he had some previous uh, run-ins with the law prior to that, you know, at 16. So I was having a conversation with him, what's, you know, what's going on and, you know, miss, you know, people are coming after me, they're trying to, they want to fight with me and I'm trying to defend myself and, you know, it started to escalate into going down a path, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, I, I think in the moment like that, when you have the ability to have a conversation and talk with somebody and maybe offer them something that they need that could maybe be transformed transformational you know I want to take that opportunity in those moments so for me you know I let him know hey did you know that uh, you know I told him I'm like you're not a bad kid you know that right you're not a bad kid you just made a bad decision you made a bad choice but that doesn't define you who you are you know uh, the mistakes that we make sometimes but we we learn from those right so you know as I'm driving bringing back to the police station, I was telling him how, because I, I like to get involved in a lot of, a variety of different things in the community. So again, that brings my awareness open to what other resources are out there in the community. And I knew at the time that the YMCA um, youth were doing some type of mentorship program. So I just, you know what, I thought, why don't I run it by him and see if he thought something he'd be interested in. So I told him what it was. And uh, he was like, yeah, he actually wow. said, yeah. And so I called his parents, we set up a meeting, and we had a full meeting about, you know, the mentorship program, what it was gonna be, and my whole thing is I don't know what the outcome was. I went there the day of the mentorship and I just, you know, supported him and he was there and I was saying hi and stuff and the fact that he even said yes in the first place showed that he was open to having a better life yep. and didn't wanna go down that path. So, you know, for me, I just feel like in those moments, yeah, you know, maybe there are some officers out there that would just make the arrest and take them back there and then, you know, and that's it. Or, you know, maybe use this opportunity, you know, policing as a platform to uh, provide transformational change by providing people information or resources that maybe can help them uh, make, it, make a better choice, right? And I don't know what the outcome was for this particular person. I'm hoping that he stuck with it and he made it out of the path that he was going. I know that there was, um, his parents were concerned about uh, gang affiliation and okay. stuff. Um, however, I do think that it does resonate with some people. Um, I did another mentorship program back in 2015, the Real Youth Mentorship Program. And uh, I was assigned with one youth. Um, we were doing a video uh, bio flick nice. of people in the community. Fun. So she That's did a, yeah, a film about me. But one of the other students that was there that was part of it, and it was uh, for some priority kids in the community, came up to me. He's like, Miss, he's like, you're a police officer. He's like, do you remember me? I'm looking at him like, uh, I don't know, like throw me some hints here. And he's like, 
you don't remember the one day you drove me home? I was like, wow. okay, well, what, what did I say to you? He's like, you put me in your car and you told me I need to start making better choices. And I was like, okay, that's something maybe I would have said to you. <laughs> Sounds like me, yeah. So, you know, here I am. This was like another, you know, young person that I had been in contact with. And I know, you know, again, you don't know the outcome of, right, of right. the effects it has. You know, and then years later, this, this kid approached me and made a comment that he remembered me. So for me, I just think in your interactions as an officer, you know, especially what I'm doing, like my interactions with, with uh, the public, is a lot of times this is their first time interacting with the police. So, right. you know, I want to give them uh, something of value that can maybe help them change their lives. Or, you know, we can't make decisions for people. They have to make it for themselves. But sometimes that one piece of information that you provide to somebody can actually get them to turn, uh, you know, to think differently and just change their paradigm about, about life and sure. where they want to go. Just showing them the door, right? Yeah. Or it may be a ways down there, but yeah. uh, here it is, right? Mm -hmm. I think uh, with school resource officers, too, that visibility, like you just said, for the first interaction with police was life-changing for yeah. so many of us uh, because of the positivity that yeah. came from that. There's a lot of people, too, when I'm presenting out in the community that come up to me afterwards and they'll tell me, I did not know that police are so nice. You're like wow. one of the nicest officers. And it's like, yeah, we are nice. <laughs> yeah. We are just come up and say we're hi. Approachable. Yeah, we're approachable. We want to help. Like That's why we get into policing is yes. we want to help people. Um, but sometimes, you know, if there's uh, police can be portrayed negatively in the, in the news media, yeah. you know, because that's what's sexy, right? What bleeds leads sometimes. And you don't always get to hear all the positive stuff that, you know, police are engaging in. So when you know somebody from the community does have a, an interaction with police, usually they uh, they are, um, I guess, surprised by how you know how human we are mm -hmm. and uh, and kind. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Would you say then your biggest achievement would be the mentoring component? What would be your biggest one? Uh, it would come back to that, but I would say my biggest achievement. I don't want to really break it down to just one thing. Nice. Uh, I would say probably overcoming adversity through my mindset. Um, like I mentioned, I'd, I've really had to focus on the things I could control. So, you know, even though I've had all these adversities uh, throughout my lifetime, and, you know, I'm going to list them all here today. <laughs> no, but, you don't worry. you know, because <laughs> as, you, as you reflect on your life, and I think everybody can do this, there's some years that are really tough, and there's some challenges you know, with your family or losing a loved one or an illness or, you know, we could just sit here and list them all. But For in sure. between all of that chaos, there's a lot of um, successful moments and uh, achievements that you, that you um, accomplish mm -hmm. throughout that. Mm -hmm. And so, choose to, right? And you choose to, mm -hmm. yeah. So you need to focus on the positive. You look at the positive um, and not really focus on some of the, on the negative. And, you know, when you look at, at life, that never really changes. You know, life doesn't get easier. Um, the only thing that changes is how you're able to handle the challenges better based on your experience, right? So um, for me, I find that I've really just leaned into any fears that I had or uncertainty and just did it. So, um, you know, back before I got hired, uh, I moved to the Caribbean for just under uh, a year and a half, or about a year and a half. Awesome. And, you know, a lot of people were like, why would you do that? You know, you don't know anybody there, and you should, you know, focus on getting a career started, that you're wasting your time. 
And it was scary, but I did it because that's something I wanted to experience. I wanted to live abroad, experience different cultures, gain life experience, um, you know. And then I conti continued that um, throughout my life. I, in 2012, um, so I guess my biggest achievement, probably Mount Kilimanjaro. I climbed <gasps> a mountain. <laughs> I did not know that about you. Yeah, before wow. my, yeah, yeah, I wanted to climb a mountain. It was one of my goals. Uh, there was so. a team that was going over to Africa. So I'm like, it's now or never. I got to wow. do this. And, you know, I wasn't financially in the best place. And I wasn't sure if I was going to get the time off. But you don't ask, you don't try, you That's don't know. Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I did that. It was one of the most challenging things mentally. <sighs> And physically I've ever accomplished if somebody had asked me if I would climb another mountain like the day after I would have said no, was, no <laughs> but it's been some time anyways, so yeah, yeah I'm like maybe a smaller one yeah wow. no but um, and then the year after that um, every year there's an annual police memorial okay. so there's the ride to remember which is about 700 kilometer bike ride yep. from uh, police college all the way up to uh, Ottawa so it's a four-day bike ride which again is another major challenge and you know I just keep keep that mindset throughout my life um, 2016 I decided to travel to Thailand for a month solo Wow and there's a again it's kind of scary like there's people that were like why why would you do that <laughs> why are you going for a month yeah. by yourself and uh, I just feel like overcoming these challenges or you know thinking you know what what do I want to enjoy in life? What do I want to do? And then doing it and not being afraid to take that, that leap of faith um, that you're going to come out okay on the other side. Mm -hmm. So I, I would say definitely those achievements of that mindset just to keep pushing forward. And I bring that same mindset even into the work that I'm doing at work, whether that be creating content for safety for the community or leading a program um, to success and taking on challenges, things I've never experienced before, but I, I take it head on and I'm excited to learn and figure it out as I go. And I think when you, um, when you remove the idea of having to be perfect or being afraid of the unknown, you know, <clears throat> excuse me. Once you're actually in it, you're like, wow, why did it, why was I so afraid of this? Or why did why did I wait so long? It's not as scary as I thought it was going to be. So yeah. yeah, for sure. And and you're drawing on those experiences, this wealth of experience. Then in your career, in your personal life, you have more to draw on to create that even wider circle of understanding with mm -hmm. with more and more people, which is never uh, hurtful. That's for sure. Um, so, so on that note, it's, it's a perfect segue, diversity, we, uh, we talk a lot about it in the workforce and its value. So what is your take on today's modern officer and, and how have you seen the officer mold uh, shift over the years? Yeah, I think, you know, in policing, there isn't one particular type of person, you know, that's going to fit the role and I think Sometimes people have an idea of what they think a police officer officer sh uh, should look like, mm -hmm. or um, you know what type of qualities they should have. Um, police officers need to be from all walks of life. They need to have different perspectives, different backgrounds, um, you know, different places of origin, mm -hmm. different uh, marital status, gender, like you name it, all different walks of life. That's what you know diversity is going to give you. It's that variety. Um, because that's the community that we're serving and that's who we need to be out there to understand and to um, be able to give um, what the community is looking for. Mm -hmm. So that aspect is definitely needed. Um, I think that it's, it's switch, you know, you don't need, 
you know, back in the day where you needed, you know, there's a height requirement and there's right. a, you know, weight re requirement and right. all these other uh, things that, you know, we don't see that anymore, um, which is great. You know, otherwise I wouldn't have probably been a police officer because I'm 5'4", <laughs> but it's not about your size, right? So, you know, I've had people tell me before, you know, you're too, you're too small or you're too pretty mm -hmm. or you're too nice. You know, are you sure that's what you want to do? And I'm like, absolutely, yeah, because it's not about those things. It's about your mindset and your self-belief and your passion and your purpose. And that's purpose. what you say to them. It's, it's yeah. so much more than what you're seeing. Yeah, yeah, it's what you want, like, it's what you need to be a police officer, right? And if you looked at me walking down the street, if I wasn't in uniform, there's no way that you'd probably point me out and say, oh, that's a police officer over there. Mm -hmm. Usually when I tell somebody that's what I do, they ask me two or three times, they're like, sorry, you mean like, <laughs> on the road, please officer, or, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, that's what I do. So, you know, I don't think, you know, and I think even just being out there and displaying that, you know, um, I'm kind of breaking that officer mold. You okay. know, I've had people come up to me while I'm in police uniform and they'll say, is that real? You know, is this uniform? Is that, is this wow. like, what am I, is this a costume? Wow. Yeah, it's real. <laughs> so I think it's not just um, the idea of, you know, uh, in the policing organization, but it's like the societal expectations or, or uh, you know, biases that they might have too mm -hmm. from the past, right? Yeah, it's time to change that up. Yeah, so I think it's just keeping that conversation going and, you know, what, what policing organizations are looking for now are, you know, people who are critical thinkers. Right. People who can pr solve problems, you know, and people who have that self-awareness, who have emotional intelligence. You know, em emotional intelligence is huge. Um, you know, being able to understand your, your own emotions and feelings um, of yourself and others and then making decisions and taking action based on that, right? So when you're aware of those things and you're, you're able to connect to the community a little bit better and be able to problem solve a little bit better too. So those are some of the things that they're kind of looking for now other than you know, brute force and strength. And yeah, there are, you know, particular maybe units that, you know, um, will be best suited for other people than not, but you have to play to your strengths. Mm -hmm. You have to find out what's what's best for you and where you want to move through that career. And there's a fit for you. Absolutely. Based on the, those strengths. W would that how be you describe the officer of the future then? Somebody uh, with those critical uh, thinking skills, somebody with emotional intelligence, somebody who's resilient and adaptable. Um, the, the officer of the future, what does that mean to you? Yeah, I, uh, it's really anyone, mm -hmm. you know, I, nice. I think that, um, you know, whether you have a background in business or you're into computers, you know, there's a position for you. You know, we have, um, uh, we've got tech crimes units and we have, you know, forensics um, units and we have, you know, there's, if you're into, you know, tactical stuff. Like there's so many, there's there's so many units and bureaus within an organization. It's a career within a career within a career. You just get to change constantly and you get to grow and develop. So whatever your passions are, you can um, pretty much mold your career in policing. But I think sometimes people maybe don't think of policing as a career option for themselves because they think they have to be a certain way or they have to have certain qualities. Yeah, there's certain, you know, um, competencies mm -hmm. that are needed. You have to, you know, you have to qualify uh, and get hired. But um, just know that it can be anybody. Anyone out there thinking, you know, I was, I never really thought about policing as a career before. Um, it's a great career. So, 
On that note, what do you want uh, other young women who look up to you for inspiration? Because I, I know it's happening on social media. I see the interactions. They're looking to you uh, for advice. Uh, so tell me, what do you want young women uh, specifically to know about policing? So I just want them to believe in themselves. If this is something that they're interested in, then um, know that it's something that can be done. You can accomplish it. Um, you know, it's all about the mindset that they have bringing into, um, you know, the, into policing that they're able to um, offer the different types of skill sets that they have. Again, there's um, such a variety of different units and they're looking for, again, problem solvers, critical thinkers that can um, help with the, you know, support within the community that way. But um, I also think when you look at the contemporary, uh, you know, police officer nowadays, and you know, looking at women in policing. So you know, from the 70s up until the 90s, um, you know, women in policing were just kind of being introduced into policing. So um, they essentially were pioneering Canadian policing for women. Um, I think we went from about 3% during that time era, um, and we're up to about 20% nationally across Canada. Um, some police services are a little bit under that, um, but 20% you know, that sh still shows that it's a very male-dominated um, profession still. And um, just knowing that and recognizing that coming into that type of um, profession, I think that it's important for women to know that um, to keep the conversation going and to keep um, pushing for change um, and advocating for themselves as well. Um, if they do see areas that need to be improved or enhanced, um, to, to try to take on those challenges as well um, because we're ultimately paving the way for the next generation of female officers to, to come into this type of profession. Um, you know, two things that I know can be challenging for police organizations are often, uh, you know, female recruitment in the first place, you know, sometimes uh, female, you know, females are not applying mm -hmm. to the position. Um, you know, some people might think it's not conducive to family life, um, the lifestyle, so, you know, you can make it work. Um, you know, a lot of organizations are, uh, are you know, valuing the, the equity and the inclusion within their organizations are working towards making um, that better. So we are progressing that way. Um, but the other issue too is retention, like having people, having female officers stay within policing, um, you know, amongst maybe some of those challenges as well. So I do think it's really important for the organizations to make sure that they are, you know, allowing um, women in, in the workforce, especially within policing, to manage their family commitments. Um, and accommodating that, whatever women need. Um, you know, and men too, right? There's men that need to go on paternity leave, um, but just supporting each other that way. Um, I think it's really important too that men are at the table, you know, um, having those discussions as well um, to be able to help manage change uh, regarding the role of women in policing. Mm -hmm. I think that, um, you know, challenges and obstacles have not disappeared. I think there are still some internal systematic barriers, but I do believe that, um, there is encouraging progression that continuously gets, um, is getting made each year um, towards that. And uh, yeah, I think that you know having progressive male leadership who acknowledge and value the necessity for gender equality is what you know combined together with everybody at the table um, working towards making those changes um, within the policing culture is what's going to ultimately make those changes. Agree. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the biggest you know advice I ever got for for enacting and living 
um, inclusively and, and with uh, my feminism was it's got to be intersectional, right? You've got to have all parties. You can't just have a select group uh, working to make mm -hmm. things more inclusive, more better, more equal. So Yeah, and I know sometimes, table. too, um, I know sometimes, too, you know, officers might mention, oh, you know, it's a challenge dating or, you know, trying to, um, you know, find a life partner and, you know, you're working shift work, you're working all sorts of different hours and, you know, sometimes, too, um, there are some men out there, too, that might feel intimidated um, by, you know, the title of, of policing, mm -hmm. you know, as a police officer. But, um, you know, I also think that there's a lot of great opportunities to um, kind of work through that. And like I said, there's all these different units out there, too. So, um, you know, I don't want... Uh, women who maybe hear that or think that because um, it's not always the case and you ultimately make this career what you want it to be. So you are in control, you have the ability and you're able to manage uh, whatever challenges that come with the job like any other profession. You have the ability to kind of work through that and, um, and be successful. Very well said. Great, great advice. So you have a lot of passions. I mean, we've only touched on some of them. There's, uh, I know, yoga, there's, there's scuba diving, uh, your mentoring, um, as well as, uh, you know, just your work uh, in academia and, and furthering your education. So with that in mind, you, you've joined a lot of groups, you've uh, got your name behind a lot of causes. Um, the Canadian Society of Women's Space Policing was just one that we mentioned in our intro. Uh, but tell me, why is joining these groups and linking up with like-minded individuals, why is that part of your personal mandate? Uh, I know that's an obvious question maybe, but what, what does it give to you uh, as an officer? For me, um, again, getting involved with all these different groups is just going to make me better at the job that I'm able to do and the service I'm, I'm able to provide. Um, you know, in policing, a lot of, um, you know, not people aren't going to hold your hand and tell you, okay, you should um, apply for this or take this course or do this. You kind of need to have that um, level of self-education and self-interest. So for me, I see value in um, joining organizations like the Canadian Society of Evidence-Based Policing and being a part of the International Society of Crime Prevention Practitioners um, because you know, you're, again, you're part of that conversation, but on a larger, uh, larger scale. Um, you know, so not only am I trying to um, enhance my own community, but I'm also trying to enhance, you know, across the province, across Canada, and now internationally, where I'm networking on a whole other level. So, and what you find too, is there's a lot of people having the same conversations. Mm -hmm. And we're all trying to do, we're like-minded, we're all trying to do the same thing. So it's really refreshing to find people who are passionate about making positive changes within the industry, um, looking outside that box and thinking, how can we come together collectively to try to um, enhance for future generations um, the field of policing? And you know, I think it's a mistake to just um, stay focused um, internally, just with your you know your own organization, and not reach out to uh, collaborate. You want their expertise, right? Yeah. Um, because at the end of the day, police don't know everything. You know, sometimes people might think that we do. Yeah, we know a lot, but we don't know everything. And so when you add these other professionals to the conversation, uh, just so much more opportunities available to problem solve, Agreed. right, yep. at the table. 
So um, more minds, more yeah, solutions. and that's why I get part. You know, I'm a, a part of the association as well. And it doesn't matter if you have one year on or thirty years on. You know, you're, we're doing the same job. Mm -hmm. You know, and it affects you the same way. So that's why I say, you know what? It doesn't. You don't need to have thirty years experience in order for you to be part of the conversation or to be a leader trying to push for change. Um, it's another reason why that I stay connected to a lot of other organizations as well with um, SEPTED Ontario. Another great one too is the Central Ontario Crime Prevention Association where um, usually we meet once a month if not every couple months and it's practitioners and it's not just policing but it's also in the private sector as well and businesses, um, anyone who's um, you know within crime prevention that way and Again, information share, collaborate. So it's really important, I think, to be networking with um, people who are out there trying to do the same thing because it, it makes it a lot easier um, to share that information and to actually make positive change within the industry. Beautiful. You know, at the end of the day, it comes down to uh, wanting to make the world a better place, leave, leave the world a better place. And, mm -hmm. and I can tell you uh, that you are doing that uh, just from what I've seen within the, the year of knowing you. So thank you for, for everything you're doing just uh, on behalf of Blue Line. I appreciate that. Uh, we're going to end the episode with two fun questions I hope you're down for. It's a new thing we're trying. Uh, so number one, what is something your colleagues might not know about you? Um, so I'm an outdoors person, love the outdoors. So some people might know that um, I'm into every sport you could possibly think of that has to do with outdoors. So, you know, snowboarding, um, rock climbing, snowshoeing, all that type of stuff. But um, two things that are kind of new mm, <laughs> that nice. I haven't really shared with anyone yet is, because uh, and I used to work at a landscaping place back in the day. It was my summer job when I was in university. So I love... Uh, gardening and just being outdoors so I have a one of those built-up garden boxes beautiful just planted some vegetables Jealous. I got a green thumb <laughs> awesome and uh, yeah I've got some um, what do we got dill and nice. broccolini I planted oh, peppers broccoli, right? yeah the broccolini <gasps> and some of these things are growing so big I didn't know that I'm like I don't know if the box is big enough now so You're it's okay. So I, I know next for next year, year now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I've been trying to grow a few things, and uh, they're starting to harvest, okay. which is pretty cool. She's got a green thumb. I haven't guys. killed a, anything out there yet. Yeah. Uh, mm. I'm not so good with house plants, but oh. the outdoor stuff, I'm good. <laughs> You're brave then. <laughs> yeah. So just if I need an indoor plant, I'm gonna go with a cactus. Yeah. Yeah. yeah not too much water. And then um, the second thing is. Uh, I actually just got a longboard. <laughs> no way. Yeah, so you know, it's a, I've never skateboarded. I don't know how to skateboard. Okay. Um, but I had done some longboarding when I was in Cayman Islands before. Okay. So I just bought one and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to use this. And again, some people might think, well, you know, why are you doing that? You're probably too old to be doing this or doing that. But, you know, as long as you're not being, you know, risky and going to injure yourself, I think if you enjoy certain things, you want to. Some, you know, some stuff out there that you haven't really tried or you want to get into, then why not? Wow. Yeah. So how, I got to ask, how's your balance on that? It's actually way better than the, yeah, it's better than the shortboard. The shortboard will, or the, the it's a shortboard. Whatever it is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the skateboard will just usually, you know, right under my feet. 
but the longboard I can manage a little bit better because it's longer. Okay. So I actually, am, yeah, I'm good. Nice. Get some balance. Wow. Okay. Now, if I show Look up to world. work with a goose egg on my head, then yeah, everybody knows why. <laughs> yeah, put some elbow pads and some knee pads. Yeah, in. <laughs> I, I got to tell you, I still wear my wrist protectors when I'm out rollerblading because I just am terrified of that one fall, right? That will take me out. I'm not that good at rollerblading, so that's I a am not good at rollerblading either. I grew up on roller skates. Oh, I know. Oh, <laughs> roller so skating, no problem. The rollerblades, however, I've had some falls. Yeah. So. yeah. Like, yeah, I should uh, wear like a caution sign or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the caution tape around you. <laughs> so the last question then, what's the one thing that you, as, as a law enforcement officer, couldn't live without? So I know most people would probably think, or they would say, either coffee or donuts, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Very cliche. Yeah. You hear that, you're right. I think for me would be my GPS. <laughs> nice. Okay. That's a new answer for us. Yeah. I need my GPS. And I have a whole new respect for anyone who worked back in the day who, you know, didn't have the the computer systems with the with the GPS on there. They had to, you know, old school with the with the maps. You know, I know how to read road maps because I used to use them back in the day, but having to go to calls and, you know, you're doing you're multitasking while you're going to a call. I feel like that would be challenging to be able to, you know, Yay, go there. Technology. So I give respect to all the officers who had to deal with that, and I definitely need my GPS. Yep. <laughs> well, I, I'm right there with you for sure. I, I had to use it. Yeah, getting I would have get I would have got lost here today. There you go. <laughs> Even just the fastest way to get somewhere in rush hour. I know I mean, it's useful. So, yeah. Yeah. Power to everybody. Especially if you don't if you didn't grow up around this area and. You know, it's busy. Yeah. It's congested. It's intimidating. It's, yeah. yeah. So. Yeah. Nice. Awesome. All right. Well, Amy, thank you for joining us here today in the studio and sharing your story uh, with Blue Lines listeners. Uh, I love what you're up to. I love hearing your passions come across as you're, uh, you're lighting up across the table. I know nobody can see it uh, as you're talking about them. So we wish you all the best as you continue with your many missions. There's not just one. Uh, and I know you will only continue to have an impact. Well, thank you. I do appreciate that. Um, I just have one small tip that I'm going to give uh, to anyone listening who's trying to get hired because I often will get approached and people will ask me all the time the same questions. I hear them over and over again. So if anyone is looking to get into a career of um, policing, um, the one thing, because people usually want to ask, well, what do I need to do to be able to get hired? I want to be successful. I want to make it through. So. Um, some advice that I would give to other people would just be um, prepare yourself. Just the preparation. Um, the more the more prepared you are, the more confidence you're going to have. And um, you know, if that means going out and buying an interview book so that you know how to answer questions. Um, typically, for behavioral questions, um, they want you to answer in the STAR principle, which is okay. situation. Uh, task, action, result, and then what did you learn from that? So if you can think of scenario questions beforehand and come up with um, different things you've gone through in your life, like a variety, not from just one particular part of your life, but a variety, and just use your life experience as, um, as examples. You know, even take things that were challenging or adversities in your life and turn them into a positive. And yeah, prepare, prepare, prepare. Um, going into that interview and again just adding as much as you can with continued education, volunteerism, um, 
you know, joining any types of teams or uh, being physically fit. Um, again, some of the other stuff that we talked about and um, just believe in yourself, have that confidence and you'll make it through. Love it. Mindset. Great, great advice from Amy. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us. We appreciate you having, having you here. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks to everyone for listening. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Blue Line, the podcast. Stay tuned for our next one in this Women in Law Enforcement series. Have a suggestion for what we should cover or who we should sit down with? Email me or shoot me a message over social media. You'll find my contact information online at blueline.ca. And don't be afraid to pick up the call. I'm a fan of the old uh, telephone. In the meantime, thank you to everyone for listening, especially those out protecting our communities. Stay safe, everybody. Thank you for joining Blue Line, the podcast hosted by Blue Line, Canada's only independent national magazine for law enforcement.